Welcome to Zodiac Sessions, an expansion to our Zodiac Chronicle podcast featuring uncut interviews with our amazing guests. This first episode, Roxana Haddadi. Enjoy. Roxana, tell me about Zodiac. This is one of those questions that feels impossible to answer. Because I think Zodiac, first of all, I still think that it is Fincher's masterwork. And I love a lot of Fincher. I mean, Seven is great. Fight Club has a very strong hold over my heart now still. Gone Girl is amazing. But I think Zodiac has this specific kind of mystique that he hasn't been able to recreate in his other films. And I don't even know if he's trying to. Like, I don't even think that he's trying to bring that same vibe into his other work. But Zodiac just has so much atmosphere and it has such a sense of people trying to defeat almost like this karmic evil that you can't even understand. (laughs) And I think that and I think that the opening of this movie does that so well because it almost lulls you into believing, well, nothing could go wrong in this corner of suburban America. Yeah. Right? Like, beautiful community in California. Everyone is mostly white and mostly happy. And bad things happen, right? But they happen in other places. Yeah. There's very much this sense of communal calm that opens Zodiac. And then, like, the deliberateness with which Fincher introduces us to this insane amount of violence is so jarring. And it's literally, like, I feel like Fincher is, like, taking a Norman Rockwell painting and just, like, splattering a bunch of blood on it. He's like, like, hey, you you know those lovely kids from American Graffiti and Days and Confused? What happens if we killed them all? Right, (laughs) yeah. That is it. Yeah, you know, he's like, he's like, remember Coppola's The Outsiders and how you wanted them all to be okay? I'm just going to murder them. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And so I think very much he does a very good job. And we talk about this all the time with like the 60s and the 70s. And just as time periods, when did the innocence, quote unquote, end? And then you sort of spiral into that conversation about how like, well, America was never really innocent. If you go back to the 60s and the 70s, the civil rights movements were still happening. The women's rights movements were still happening. The gay rights movements were still happening and nothing was perfect, right? But even like growing up in that time period, and I think you feel it from Fincher, there was just like a halcyon nostalgia for what was. Mm. And Fincher destroys that so quickly. (laughs) Yeah so efficiently and then I think the rest of Zodiac feels like you're chasing the person who did that Mm. but every mistake you make is just an indication of like the humanity you might have that that person does not Mm. and I think that there is a ton of stuff like Zodiac does such a good job in terms of showing how like our fallacies are built into the system like the police that don't talk to each other Mm. and like the databases that don't interface with each other and all that stuff that is bureaucratically wrong. But I also think the movie does a good job of making clear that like most people 
can't comprehend somebody being capable of doing something like this. Yeah. And so I think that is what always ties Seven and Zodiac together for me, because Seven also walks that line with Brad Pitt's character, just not even understanding who this guy is, Mm. right? Like, how does your mind even work in that way? And so you have Brad Pitt consistently thinking like, well, this guy's crazy. Like, he just came up with the stuff because he's insane. And then you have Morgan Freeman's character being like, but there's something happening here that isn't insane, right? Like, this is like a very studied and very deliberate. And he took time to figure out how to do this. And Zodiac to me is exactly the same way where it's like, it's very easy, I think, to brush off these horrendous acts of violence as like an unstable mind. But I think what's scarier is like, so much intention goes into that. And that takes a level of like planning and understanding of how people work and thinking through your actions that to the rest of us just seems very unfathomable. Yeah, I think in seven, when you pair those two things, just to tag on a few things you said there is like John, the the difference between John Doe and Zodiac is that John Doe's kills are thematically consistent with his vision. And with Zodiac, his vision is terror, a kind of karmic terror. And it's like, so the killings that sporadically happen and happen seemingly the more that I talk about it without a discernible pattern, especially as they're displayed in the film, it just means to a dialogue of terror. And, and I think we are so quick to forget. And I certainly am not because I've worked in corporate institutions in my country and the fucking bureaucracy is insane. And people were asking, I left the job recently and they're like, Oh, so you got, you know, they, that, how did that all go? Was that all a smooth process? And I go, you've worked for these people. How fucking think do you, how fucking smooth do you think it was? And they're like, probably not smooth. I go, yeah, nothing's ever easy in bureaucracies. And especially these institutions that are here seemingly to protect us, they are the most bureaucratically minded and they make each other jump through the most hoops. And so we have this like collective amnesia, I think as a society in Western cultures is like, oh, the bureaucracy surely is efficient. Surely it's going to protect us. And more and more here in this film, it's like, no, we're going to, we're going to paint, we're going to drag you through this movie, kicking and screaming and figuring out how painfully bureaucratic and frustrating and disconnected people are. And I think that yes to all of that. Absolutely. Because I think that what Fincher is ultimately trying to say is that I think there is similar DNA in both of those things. Mm. Like, as an outsider, you have a Zodiac killer who understands that like just the all encompassing nature of terror is its own kind of power. Mm. Right. And then you have these people who are like cops, journalists, detectives, these people who think that they also have some kind of power by being part of like these trusted institutions. They're the voice of authority. They're going to solve the crime. They're going to figure out who the Zodiac killer is. And they also think that they have a certain amount of power, but ultimately do they, you know, like, (laughs) I think that they, I think that the movie does a very good job making you wonder, like, what is the point of an institution that can't figure out any of this? And what is the point of an institution 
that in some of these scenes doesn't even know how to get out of its own fucking way. Yeah. And I think that Fincher, I don't know how many of Fincher's other movies are really about this, but in a lot of ways, Zodiac reminds me of like a Soderbergh movie. Because mm. Soderbergh is so interested in like how our institutions fail us and what one individual voice can do to change that. Mm. Like you have like Aaron Brockovich and you have all the police and the agents in traffic and then you have high flying bird and you have che like soderbergh is very interested in the power of like individual dedication to fighting injustice and i think that his movies have some sort of hope in the sense that maybe you can change the system from the inside and take it over and make it something more effective whereas i don't think fincher entertains that idea you know like I think that he I think that he is interested in finding the atmosphere of that time Mm. and in recreating some of the innocence of that time and I also think he's interested in telling you that that is all fucking gone now (laughs) and you can't you can't get it back so it's interesting to see so many of our like auteurs do that because I also think Tarantino was playing with a similar idea in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right like let's recreate this time period that seemed very beautiful from the outside but was already undergoing a sort of decay yes and I think Zodiac is all about that decay and like how far does it go yeah I think I this is why I love talking to you and and why I imagine it's so great like Fincher and Soderbergh work in the same office, mm-hmm. which is fucking outlandish that two minds like that work next to each other, just bouncing <laughs> ideas. It's like half of the great movies of the last decade, just like ping, 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 yeah. just bouncing off of each other's heads. And the reason I love that so much is because I think what you really nailed in Soderbergh is his sense of positive disruption. He's like people who are in, who, who sort of, for whatever reason, sometimes they can be outsiders like Aaron, but other times they are deeply ingrained in the system and start to see how that they can be a positive disruptor for, or, or just a, like a positive agent for change. And so, so similarly, Fincher goes, okay, well, I'm going to experiment with that, but I'm going to go with someone who disrupts how a city can work, like how, how a single disruptive element who has this. And let's be clear. I think what is, you you talked about mystique right at the beginning of our chat. The mystique of Zodiac is that very element that he, the mystique of him is that he's got such wisdom and insight in this really backward way of going, this is how I can derail how a city works. If I go to different media outlets, then jurisdictionally people are going to be fighting. I'm going to do kills that are potentially on jurisdictional lines that make it harder for them to investigate me. I'm going to have a pattern and then completely break the pattern I'm going to send letters with more stamps than they require. So that's harder for me to trace. I'm going to, you know, if you read the Graysmith book, they posit that he uses like an overhead projector with an alphabet and traces the letters. So there's a consistency that can't be replicated with handwriting. And so I think that that's a great, there's a great kinship there of like, Oh, look, Soderbergh's mind goes to positive disruption when he is influenced by all the president's men. And then Finch's is like, Oh no, let's ha- let's tear the whole thing down. Let's just, let's show this decay for what it really is. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I don't think either of us has said, we've said terror, but the reality is that the Zodiac Killer was a terrorist, right? And we've certainly seen 
tons of that. I mean, when I, I was in middle school and there were um, the snipers who were like in our county and in Maryland. And I distinctly mm. remember like taking the school bus to school and having to go through these drills of like, okay, God forbid something would happen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In, but like drop to the floor of the bus like we're gonna try to figure out a way to God. you know deal with this and like that was terrifying but it's also very scary how quickly those things become normal because I remember how quickly we adapted to that and we're all also seeing that now with like corona like we've all adapted <laughs> to a certain lifestyle as yeah. a way of dealing with it and so I think what Zodiac does well is like Yes, certainly some people adapted to like, oh, there's just a serial killer who was just operating in our city. But like you said, fundamentally, he changed something about people and how we trust each other or don't and how we believe in each other or don't. And I think the movie does a very good job following these characters who at first are sort of hopeful that they can figure this out and then eventually as it takes longer and longer there's just a realization that maybe you never can and maybe you got outsmarted by somebody whose agenda of confusion and terror and fear has more power than your agenda of law and order and I think that's so unsettling yeah and yet zodiac as a movie does it so slowly that i don't even think you realize it's happening until later in the film when you have like jake gyllenhaal in that basement thinking (laughs) to himself like what am i doing here (laughs) you know how did this happen (laughs) but in the beginning it's so incremental like you have these beautiful homes and these very nice cars and these happy teenagers and then it's just like he has no he has no skin in that game. He has no interest in that kind of life. And it's just something for him to destroy. And Fincher doesn't waste his time showing us that destruction. What do you think the hesitation is to just not call him a terrorist? Because I was just thinking like, you know, who's also at this time is like Carlos the Jackal, which is mm-hmm. like, a nut, you know, I actually feel like I've been talking about to some people on the show about, the Manson connections, just because of like osmosis, California, the rot, the decay of this time is kind of portrayed on a whole bunch of like fictional or like partially, you know, docudrama kind of things. But I was just thinking like Carlos the Jackal, these like people out there who are terrorists, like he's an international terrorist. What is the American rejection of, and even Australian too, like what is the American slash Australian rejection of homegrown terror? I mean, I think the very cynical answer is that if it's white people, we don't call it terrorism. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's a very cynical and maybe in some ways simplistic answer. But I think so much of our collective understanding of terrorism has divorced 
the term from terror. Like you said, terror for its own sake. Mm. And that's very much what the Mansons were doing, trying to start a sort of race war, but fundamentally just confusing the system. It's very much what Zodiac was doing. He also like used terminology that was racist and sexist, but ultimately was about just creating this culture of fear. And so I think that we sort of don't take those ideas as seriously because we've become so fixated on this idea of like religious terrorism. Yeah, ideological terror, yeah. Ideological terrorism, right. But I I think any of us could argue very well that like terror for its own sake is also an ideology. <laughs> yeah, it, like, uh, in fact, it might be the purest, like if we're talking about uncut shit, like all mm-hmm. I want to do is cause chaos and mayhem and mm-hmm. and make everyone in this beautiful seaside place realize how vulnerable they are and therefore react accordingly and so vulnerability vulnerability is such a good term because i think the movie does that so well too because you think to yourself like are these people locking their doors mm. are they approaching anybody with suspicion but it's like i think there's just a sense of like well i live in this beautiful place and i have this beautiful life and like why would anything bad ever happen mm. And he does bad shit all the time. And I hate to like compare it to any sort of like comic book analog or whatever. But I think what is interesting is like you said, like Carlos the Jackal and all these other pop culture figures who we deem as terrorists, but like we all grew up with Batman. What is the Joker if not a terrorist? Yeah, 100%. You know? Hundred percent. So it's interesting to me what kind of and I've got a Heath, I've got a Heath Ledger Joker painting behind me, and he's uh, he's a hundred percent a terrorist. That's what he is. That's mm-hmm. his that's his mo. Terror. That's his mo. It's just it's just id. It's just <laughs> destruction. It's just like your basest influences, and mm. that's very much what Zodiac is doing. And also, I think still like to this day, what has made him so impossible for a lot of us to understand, because I think when you grow up in like a society, like not saying it in like the internet meme way, but like truly like in a society, I think you don't expect to see behavior like that, right? Like you become socialized to a certain standard of behavior Mm. and Zodiac rejected that and rejected it in a way that's different from other serial killers. Like I don't mean to be flippant in any way, but like so many times you'll see serial killers who have like a certain type of victim. Mm. Like how many incredibly depressing stories have we read about serial killers who target women? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's constantly. It, it's, it's, it is. And even with Zodiac, it's such a weird thing. It's like women, it, it, there's a kinship between serial killers and women. It's just like, it's usually men, usually white mm-hmm. men. And just mm-hmm. how many ways can I do awful things to women? And so it's this, it's, and, and that in one of my first discussions on the show with Jordan Harper, he talked about like his usual inclination to rail against serial killer fiction because of its fascistic undertones. It's all about control. It's a serial killer who controls women and, you know, props them up and puts deer antlers on them and then cops who Mm -hmm. control the situation. And it's, and so I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's ultimately women pay the, pay the price for this kind of this um this kind of disgusting id version Mm -hmm. that was you know of everything that we're seeing 
And again, Zodiac almost goes down that path of mm-hmm. like, was he doing this because of a breakup? Was he doing this because of a direction? Was he doing this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What woman caused him to do this? I think mm-hmm. the movie flirts with. And then I think it does a good job backing away from that and not tying it just to some sort of like misogynistic, sexualized version of like violence and desire as the same thing. I think the movie does a good job asking larger questions than that. Yeah. And like you said, taking like a grander look at what terror can be and how we all individually respond to that. Mm. Because Zodiac also, when you think about it, like how often is he really in this movie? Not a lot. Like not a lot of screen time, not a lot of minutes, but from the very beginning, from that first murder, like the shadow that he casts on this place and on this time is so overwhelming that everyone's lives transform as a result of it. I mean, most clearly with the characters played by Robert Downey Jr. and Jake Gyllenhaal and how it shapes their careers, their sanity in some cases like their ability to relate to their partners and their children their ability to do their jobs their ability to just be people yeah is compromised and also with the cop characters i mean i think a lot about how we watch mark ruffalo's character mm. lose whatever morality he had because he thinks it could get him closer to solving this crime and to finding this killer. So I think so much of Zodiac, yes, it's very much about the killer. It's very much about this grotesque violence and about this culture of fear. It's also about our individual reactions to it. And what do you lose in that kind of environment? Mm. Because you're not gaining anything. Like nobody, nobody ends Zodiac with anything acquired (laughs) it's all about like it's all about like what part of your humanity is given up in this there's one little last thing i want to say before we finish up it's it's that great thing of uh gillenall's graysmith he says i just want to look him in the eye and it's so funny how willing you have to be to just accept that small universal gift of like I don't care if all of the system's broken and all of this happens and this man is actually walking free. I just want to look at the person who I feel is this man and look him in the eye and acknowledge that like, I know you, like I know it's you. And it's so funny. It's like that has got, you know, this beautiful poetry and sort of, there is some sort of like resolution and and redemptive sort of moment that he gets as a character. But also at the same time, it's like, how small is that favor to ask after dedicating your life to it it's not that you get this guy caught it's that the way that you you're you're accepting that the system is failing enough that all you just want to do is put your eyes on him and look him in the eye yeah like all you want to do is have some sort of individual satisfaction that you knew this Mm. because the system might never really know and it might never be able to convict him and he might go free it makes me think very much of bong joon ho's memories of murder Because that also focuses on this idea of like, well, I can just look at somebody and know their guilt or their innocence. 
Yes. I'm like, none of us have the power to do that. None of us have the ability to do that. But at the same time, we do live in a system where the system of law and order also makes mistakes a lot. So like where, you know, like where is the middle ground? Like, can you as an individual ever know the reality of the situation? And can you ever really trust society to figure out the reality of the situation? So I think Zodiac is so much about finding like that middle path and how fulfilling or unfulfilling is that? Mm. What allows you to sleep at night? And what allows you to never sleep at night ever again? You know? And I think Zodiac is all about that duality of like the things that you can live with and the things that you can't. That was my incredible friend, pop culture writer and critic with bylines at Pajava, the AV Club, Brightwall Darkroom, RogerEbert.com, Crooked Marquee, and Slate. Roxana Hadadi. Thank you so much to the patrons of this show and the patrons of One Eight Minute Productions. We literally couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on another episode very soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.